Good morning. Welcome to the Barnes Thunder Morning Service. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Exploring your faith hour. Thank you so much for being with me. I absolutely appreciate it. And good morning, everybody here again. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all? Good. Oh, good. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Um, interesting. Life is interesting. It really is. Uh, any questions or comments before I get rolling? Because I like for people to bring ideas to bring questions and not just come to get. It's better to give than it is to receive all the time. So, anybody bring anything today? Oh, good. Yes, sir. Um, I'd like to bring something interesting uh, to the table that, that happened to me uh, you know, last week. And that is, uh, um, I, I heard you say uh, not to, uh, maybe not the right words, but to be careful that you try to help people. Sometimes the people that you help are the people that come at you um, the most. 99.9% of the time. And, uh, and also um, that we can't really help people that uh, sometimes, you, sometimes you, know, you could give them a, a, a scripture or something, maybe jingle their mind a little bit, but, uh, but uh, be careful in trying to help people. Because and how did that apply? What happened to you? Okay, this is a situation. I had uh, this, uh, my neighbor, his, uh, his pool was turning green. And, uh, um, you know, mine uh, recently, I had it uh, redone and it's, you know, sparkling blue. And I've been learning about uh, chemistry a little bit, about, you know, pool chemistry. And uh, I, I, w- I was, I was uh, contemplating into, into offering, my, offering to help him. I said, oh, I better just stay out. Because I tried helping him before. And uh, his pool just turned black because I, I kind of gave him the wrong advice. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so this time he came to me, but that, the last time he came to me, he, he came, to, came to came for me to help. I told him get this, get that, and I was just you know concerning myself. And his, his pool got really jacked up, and I felt really bad. So I said, this time I'm going to stay away. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm going to stay away. But now I learned a little bit more about pool, so I kind of wanted to help him. But I said something said, stay away from him, let, let, let him be. Sure enough, I didn't listen to that. I tried to help him, and uh, I said, "Hey, look, I think you have an acid problem." I went in there with with uh, test tubes and I read, you know, and, and uh, some uh, some drops, and I, and I tested his water, and it seemed like he didn't have enough acid. I said, "I think you need you need you need acid," and he goes, <laughs> and then I go and he goes, "How much?" And I go, "I think I think you're good with about half a, a half a quart, half a, a gallon." He put the whole gallon in, and uh, it messed up his uh, alkalinity. And the next time it turned it turned like three times over. Uh, green and I felt really really bad and I said you know what I, I, I really thought about it if people don't have he's he's he, he barely he barely can speak English he doesn't know really much about to read and to and to uh, really understand he's not internet savvy and what have you um, so people that don't have any insight whatsoever if you come thinking if you see him suffering or whatever you think that you have you know you have a little bit of insight and uh, you try to help them, you could make the situation worse. Yeah, but you don't know a lot about pool, so why do you recommend that he call a pool person? I get did. It? I did. He just didn't want to. I did. I did recommend. Uh, and so now is he blaming you for the asset situation? I felt he did the next day. Uh, when you felt he did. Worse. Yeah, and, and I, I felt I felt responsible. I did feel I felt really 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 bad. Did he blame you? I think so. Yes. I mean, I mean, did he blame you though? No, Not he, that he, you he think didn't say, that he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't come over and say, "Hey, Gennaro." You messed up my pool again, but I can I can see him muttering. Um, uh, I can I was I was I was next door and I was you know um, taking taking the debris out of it and he, he was just slamming things and I can take he knew my presence was there and he was getting really upset and you know I just and did you go over and apologize? I did apologize. Yes. Uh, okay. I did apologize. Good. Wow. So it made me think about that and, and yeah. to me I'm just really careful now. Yeah. I see people, you know, going through the hangups and stuff like that. And sometimes I want to say to them, I say, hey, this is what's going on. But no, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. So. We're still away from the pool. <laughs> good, man. Yes, sir. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I was just, uh, I just wanted to share a, sort of an insight. Um, uh, I had, I had a, a situation where I was feeling a little bit, uh, I was feeling sort of sorry and sort of confu- sorry for some people and uh, for a group of people. And, um, and I was also feeling a little confused about why I was feeling 
why I, why I should feel sorry or even if I should. And the situation is, uh, as you know, my wife was in Singapore, and she was, she was, she was talking to me about the servants and uh, how they um, are naturally, there's a, the, like a class system, and the servants, uh, they just, you treat them like, they're, being, they're treated like servants, and then, but then they act like servants as well. Like they, they don't eat with, they can't eat, they have to go off into like a little room and they and they kind of eat. Um, they don't even sit down on the. They don't even sit down to eat. They kind of squat and they eat like with their hands. But they don't eat with the work the pro, the folks that they work for. Right. Oh, okay. And uh, it's not that the people that don't. It's but not that's that kind of normal though. The servant never eat with the master, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but even if they ask them to, they they won't. They won't mm-hmm. do it. Um, and so I, I was thinking, like maybe. They they maybe identified it like with slavery or something and 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 um, but I know back in that day we kind of resisted that kind of subservience you know our you know black people did resisting but, uh, what res- being a being um, subservient like they did yeah well, well, why I do mean, you say and, that because otherwise they wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have um, tried to. To, to grow out of it, out of that nature of being, you know, like being servants or like that, you know, like but being a... But it's not know. true that blacks who were working for white people resisted that. That's not true. It was the ones who were not working that were carrying on that way, or the angry one. Blacks, for the most part, did what they were paid to do and then have a negative attitude about it, and that's what made their lives better. Okay. Okay, well, then I'm just a little bit off on that, but... Um, so yeah, that's. So I was kind of. Who did you feel sorry for? Well, I was feeling sorry for the people that were in that position, that were like servants in Singapore. Mm-hmm. You because felt sorry for the folks in Singapore just by hearing about the story. Yeah, I felt sorry for them. Did because you? You weren't over there, right? No, I wasn't. And so when your wife told you about it, you felt sorry for them. Yeah, I felt sorry for it, and I was kind of confused about why they. <laughs> you know, like it's a, it's a. Don't tell of, him anymore, sir. It's actually a class of people over there. It's, like, it's like a class. They made like a, a class. Even you can go, she was telling me, you can go to like the restaurants. Uh-huh. And in the restaurants on the menu, they have like, they serve a, a like a coffee with an egg in it. It's because people in lower class uh, servants, they, um, they, they're used to eating that or having that, either to the, you know, that particular kind of a drink. And only they... You know, so they have it on the menus wherever you go. So, the, so there's a place where you know when those people they go there to the restaurant or something or, oh. t- or fast food or whatever they can order. They have it on the menu for those kind of people. So, what what, <clears throat> what was your lesson from that? You say you realized. Yeah, something. I was a little. No, it wasn't. I was. Uh, I didn't really know if I should. Uh, I don't know. I kind of felt like they were just ex- accepting that kind of. Um, you know that kind of nature to be just a servant but then at the same time i know that it you know that if you serve in the right spirit then yeah. it's it's uh, also um you know very good too and that's a lesson had, learned from it yeah i wasn't for sure like i said i was a little confused about it because uh-huh. i felt my initial thing was man i feel sorry because for them because they <laughs> kind of accept they've kind of like there's They'll just that class of people will be passed on from generation to generation, and it probably has been. It's like a class of people that are just that's as far as they can ever oh. hope to envision. You may have y'all. read too much into it yeah. without knowing or speaking. With. Did Maybe. you talk to any of them about that? Let me give her the mic for me. That's your wife that went there. Did you? Yes, I did. They. You lived. talked to the servants. Yes. How, I trained some of them. How do they feel about that? Living like that. Well, it's difficult to say how they felt about it. Not much English was spoken. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. Anybody um, seem unhappy about it? One did. Just one person? You always Just, have that one little rebellious Well, out meditator. of two, so you can kind of split that down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> you were too? Would you no, say out, out of... It was two. Oh, I see. It was two of the servants. Oh, okay. Two of the housekeepers, so... But that's because of their experiences and yeah. how well, how much they differed. Did you feel sorry for them too? Not sorry, just 
it was a different environment. Right. Different than the people that I work with here in the States. It's definitely different. A different attitude. Different attitude. Would you like to have them working for you? Definitely. <laughs> That's right. You should have brought a few back. <laughs> I could use some good service. Yes, I guess everybody could. Yeah, well, good. All right. So the lesson was don't feel sorry for people. We don't have a right to feel sorry for anyone. Is that the lesson, Marcus? Yeah. Right too, because I was just remembering. Uh, I was bringing you down. Yeah, yeah. I was because I remembering, you know, in the uh, in the Bible there, where it it's like, you know, I don't know the verses, but where um, it's it's sort of I don't know if it was Christ saying it or not, but it was kind of like, well, it was a part in the Bible where it says even the people that are um, servants just be a be a good servant, you know, be as good servant as you can. So I guess that kind of lends itself to to. To the idea yeah, that whatever be, you nobody, do, whatever you do, do it. Don't gripe it about doesn't it. Because I was wondering, how could the spirit? How could a free spirit? You know, how could the spirit of God? Speak like, into my. I was wondering, like, how could the spirit of God, like, when it's when you're connected, it, it's sort of like it just like it just like opens like doors and like you know doors open and then you kind of like move. You know, you kind of like grow. But when it's like if you, it seems like if you're kind of like in a situation where you're you know, like where you can't grow, you're a, a slave or a servant. All you could do is, I guess, just be the best servant you could be. But and it's, it was kind of questionable as to whether a, a spirit of God could live in a person like that can, that's like, um, you know, like a servant where you, you're limited, can be limited like that. But I guess that's just my own thinking about that. But So if I'm understanding you right, you're right. You're saying that if a person was a servant like that and they were so restricted in the physical like that, that God cannot live in them and they can be happy like that? Yeah, I guess I was having I was having trouble seeing that, mm -hmm. how that could be. No. But now it, I, I think I already kind of see it as we talk about it. Yeah. I can see how, um, you know, even the spirit, the Holy Spirit could live in a person, you know, it can be Especially in a person. Especially a person like that. And, um, uh, we're working with them you know, just different in a different situation, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, as a matter of fact, situation. if you're in a, a, a bad condition, that's your best time to draw close to God. And most, most of the people, not all, of course, most of the people with the best attitude are those who are having difficult moments, who are in situations like that. They have some of the best attitude. Better than the ones who are free and running around and doing what they want to do and make a lot of money. They have the worst attitudes. I have employees who have the worst attitude. And they're free people. Hmm. And but they have the worst attitude with one another, with life, with situations. And it's just kind of mind blowing to see that. When I was growing up on the plantation in Alabama, now I'm sure there were people like that. And I may come back and say, Oh yeah, I remember my Uncle Joe, he had a bad attitude or something like that. But I don't remember anybody having attitudes like the attitudes I see today. Mm. And, and we had to get up early in the morning and be out there in the cotton field before the sun get too hot. So it would be damp with dew. And then when the sun come out, it's extremely hot. And yet people were laughing and talking at lunchtime and playing around walking up and down the cotton rolls. They did not have the attitude that people have working in air conditions today. And that's the truth. So it seemed like the poor at heart, the poor and the physical have a better attitude than those with everything going on. So I wouldn't judge those people like that. Those people may be closer to God than those that they're working for because it sounds like they're doing what they got to do. They're humble about it. And, but, but the uppity people looking at them, looking down on them, feeling sorry for them. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, have I you noticed that your worst time in life Make you a better person? <laughs> yeah, I had a, I've had a few of those lately. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the most and it's, toughest time in life draw you closer to God. The more pain you have, the more closer you go to God. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. So sure. I wouldn't judge those people who feel sad for them. Okay, I understand. Yeah, that makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they will assume that God is not with them. That doesn't even make sense at all. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a. Uh, <laughs> 
I just wanted to add, you know, no, no. I, I don't know. So, right. I, you know, I, just something I was just kind of these feelings, this emotion when she was telling me when I was hearing this, hearing about it. And yeah, I didn't understand quite that. know how to place it. But now I'm here and I know how I see it. I see. Yeah. You know, even in the civil rights for me, even with the civil rights movement under the Jim Crow law, why it was happening, had they just passed the law so that laws protect blacks that they did with white folks? and left us alone, even those in the cotton fields and things like that, things would have changed anyway. They would have gotten better because those people had high values, they believed in God, they had a sense of respect for others and themselves, for the most part. And that alone would have made things better. They owned land, they had houses, they were doing their own thing. Yeah. You know? So I wouldn't feel sorry for the person in the cotton field. That's looking down on them. And I would never assume that they're not closer to God or God is not with them. God is more, maybe more so with them than they are with the rich person. You know, people with money and working in air conditions and all that kind of stuff. Because those kind of people don't feel the need. They don't think about God as much. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But, but excellent, man. I like that. I'm glad you brought it up. Did you have something, Sheila? There were a couple of things that I noticed and that I learned, let's say out of the two young ladies that were employed there. The one that had the really good attitude, she would do anything. It didn't matter what it was. Yes. She yeah. would do absolutely anything. The other one, what I noticed was when she saw me when I arrived, based on the way that I was treated by the family that hired me, she thought or she saw the difference and she seized that moment to somewhat act out. Yep. And when she did that, she got different treatment yes. than her counterpart. Yep. It was interesting for me to see because I, I didn't really have anything previous to that to compare it to on a personal note. Yep. <laughs> and by the same token, as I would take the baby out or train the staff as to what she was supposed to do, the one that was very receptive and very grateful, I noticed that people didn't know how to see me or receive me. Because there's so many different nationalities on the island yeah. and the color of my skin, they didn't know if I was Indian they didn't know who I was. Yeah. So one day I would be greeted as, why are you taking care of your own baby? They would tell don't, you that? Right. Don't you have servants to help you? And I could just, I laughed. I mean, I just really smiled and thought, well, it's not my baby. I'm actually here helping someone. Then the next day I would be greeted as, okay, that's your place. Make make sure you stay in it, yeah. sort of thing. So it was it was a growing process. The whole thing was. Did a you have a good process. attitude about the whole yes, thing? Yes, I did. I yeah. learned so much. Attitude is everything. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That's why I tell you it was great. It was fantastic because it made me stop and think about the way I look at things, about the way I look at That's people. That's right. So yeah. attitude. It was really great. With gratefulness is everything. I was just, I'm telling you, I was grateful to be there to learn the whole process. That's right. To see it firsthand. If you can learn to be grateful with nothing and, and so-called bad things happening, yeah. if you can have the same attitude with, with that, when situations are bad, as you do when situations are not bad, you can then live your life. You never, you never deviate from, with your attitude. It all works out when you have the right kind of Humility, the right kind of attitude. And most people with a little thing going on don't have the right kind of attitude. Yeah. It's awful. They just don't have the right kind of, And you can't make them have the right kind of attitude. You can tell them and they, they, they'll go in denial about it. They just don't have the attitude. They're not grateful for every moment. Yeah. It, it, the moment has to be something that makes them feel good or working right before they can have what they think is the right attitude about it. <laughs> if it's not working right, the attitude is downhill. Isn't that amazing? It's so amazing? Yes, sir. Did you have your hand? You had your hand, all right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, I'm just going to add to what um, Sheila kind of said, which is that, first of all, that class system that uh, Marcus heard about, I mean, it goes no matter what, where you are in the world, 
there is some form of class system, even among people of the same races. And a lot yeah, of it's here that, in this country too. Yeah, yeah, a lot, and a lot of people that are in those countries, um, they come from India and different places, and they have a better quality. They come there for a better quality of life. Yeah, to work as servants because it's worse in their home home uh, home country. But the Bible also says that uh, God doesn't show favoritism, whether it's the master or the servant. So right. he treats everybody the same. Yep, he does. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, this, uh, this experience I shared, uh, came in, a lot in the la- after the last meeting last week. Um, Francisco t- gave me an interesting piece of av- advice. Uh, yeah, he t- he asked me that every time um, to do something after every time I pray a silent prayer to recite to myself the Lord's prayer and the twenty third uh, psalm a- afterwards because I think he know, uh, knows I have a I have such a put down attitude toward um, toward myself uh, right. self and I feel I can't do anything anything right right so I guess he um, did that help. Yes, it may help, but uh, more than I thought because whenever uh, it seems like he show, um, it seems like in a way uh, it shows me God is protecting, um, is looking out uh, out for me, and despite myself. So you will quote the Lord's prayer and the twenty third Psalm every day. Uh, I quote the twenty first Psalm every day after prayer. And the Lord's Prayer every night after prayer. And it helped you? I, I believe it did. You're not sure? Uh, uh, I'm rather, I rather am frightened. <laughs> rather I'm kind of scared because I was so used, uh, used to putting myself down that, uh, that when, so, uh, when something like, uh, when some grace occurred to me, I kind of, uh, I kind of rather shudder, uh, shudder about that. When something what? When something. When a amount of grace was shown to me, I'm kind of uh, le- leery about it. Why do you continue to put yourself down? Because I, uh, because I, I, in my life, I bungle, uh, I make a mess of everything as I was supposed to do. But if you continue to put yourself down, how is that going to get better? Well, uh, there, uh, nobody. Uh, it seems like I don't know how how to set things right. The first thing you do is stop putting yourself down. To me, that's easier said than done. Why? Because I always, because I always afraid I make a mess of that. <laughs> so, how do you put yourself down? You say bad things about yourself. I say I should have done something, done this instead of, certain, instead of that for a starter. Oh, so you like living that way? I, I, I don't care to live that way, but I don't know where, uh, what to do. I just told you what to do. Stop putting yourself down. You're justified by your own words, or you're condemned by them. You're condemning your own self. Okay. I'm kind. I kind of scared. Uh, scared of making him. Any move, uh, moves because I always make uh, make a mess of it. Listen, do you understand? You're condemning your own self. Would it matter? Uh, might I be condemned, uh, condemned one way or another? So what? Would it really matter since I'll be condemned, then judged anyway? By who? By the Almighty Spirit. And so, since the Almighty Spirit going to judge you, you might well judge yourself. I might as well get used to it. Are you used to it yet? I don't know if I am. All right, well, keep on doing it. See how far it gets you. All right? Understood. Yeah, keep doing it. I want you to get up and be quiet and pray, do the Lord's Prayer, do the 23rd Psalm, and then condemn yourself. <laughs> and see how far that's going to get you. I think you like doing it, and I think you like talking about doing it. Because if you didn't like doing it, you wouldn't keep doing it. I told you, stop doing it. Stop condemning yourself. And you keep doing it, so. And you can't blame anyone for that but yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably why I condemn myself, because I'm responsible for it. 
I bear full responsibility. Really? Yes. All right. Well, now you got three prayers going on. Let me see how that works. Works out. Um, in the Bible, it talks about uh, Matthew 7, uh, chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. It talks about uh, the straight and narrow path. It says, enter by the narrow gate, since the road that leads to destruction is wide and spacious, and many take it. But it is, it is a narrow gate and a, hand, and a hard road that leads to life, and only a few that finds it. Did you understand that? Do I need to read that over or was that okay? What does that mean to you when you hear that? Uh huh. That like. Oh yeah, he didn't write. Uh, enter by the narrow gate, since the road that leads to destruction is wide and spacious, and many take it. But it is a narrow gate and a hard road that leads to life, and only a few find find it. It's, I mean, clearly it's metaphorical, but the, the whole notion you that... You say so, huh? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of good people on the freeway system here. <laughs> so, um, there, it's when, you know, let's take the theme that we just had about service and servants. Um, there's times when you have to be of service to what you're supposed to do and to be patient and... You, you have to take a road that doesn't look like there's anybody else on it. It feels lonely. You doubt yourself, all those kinds of things. And it's not a fun road with all the people on there and partying and all that. You just have to take the, the more difficult approach. Have you taken a narrow gate? I have in uh, more so as time goes on than before. And, and, and how are you doing that? For those that don't know how to do it. Well, like I said, I, I mean... One of the one of the things I have to remember, there, for example, there's there's certain things. Uh, oh, let's take a a day to day example. Like there's deadlines you have to do, or things tasks you need to do that you put off, put off, put off. You don't want to do them because everybody else is having fun. You're going out and having beer and wine with them and all that. You want to do it by yourself. You have to be you have to be patient. You have to give yourself some room, and you have to put a, put away the desire to uh, to join the. Uh, to, to join the fun. When God is talking about the narrow gate, is he talking about a physical thing? Um, I don't believe so. Right. So in relationship to what God is talking about here. Yeah, I, that's about does, as far as I can take it. Oh, uh, you don't know. Have you heard that before? Though? Yeah, I have. And I've read interpretations of it. And, you know, they talk about the eye of the, the uh, camel through the eye of the needle and how you're supposed to bow your head because the hole <laughs> is small. And that means you approach it with humility. I've heard all those things. But you don't understand it. Uh, not well. I do in my life. If I if I go, you do in a physical way. Yeah, in a physical life. Well, you have to be. You have to have the right spirit to do the right thing. Otherwise, you're going to do it wrong. I, I, do you have to have the right spirit spirit to enter into the narrow gate? Yes. And what's that right spirit? As I said, you have to be patient with yourself. You have to. Oh, be, I see. You have to be of service. Okay. You can't be saying. You can't be having this image of yourself as being all important and putting aside things that you know are important to do. Oh, okay. There's, you know, it's the best I can do for you right now. <laughs> best I can do for you. Uh, how about you? Have you heard that before, entering into the narrow gate, right? Yes. You've heard that. Yes. And have you done that? To an extent, I guess. you halfway in the gate? Well, oh, to an extent... I mean, I've, I definitely seem to make a lot of different choices than other people. It's like I'm here. I mean, not a lot of people would. Do you know how to, do you know what, what does it mean to enter into the narrow gate? I think it means to uh, make right choices and deny wrong choices. Oh, okay. And you've heard that before, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I did hear the eye of the needle thing as well. Okay. Uh, and so you've heard about the narrow gate until you and me make the right choices and and right decision counts. Is that working for you? Pretty well. Pretty well. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. By the way, I just want to say about your attitude thing. I think I shaped up my attitude, and, and this weekend, I finally kind of got a break. You know, it's a weekend, and I <laughs> felt something, like, keep telling me to have a bad attitude. It was interesting. I mean, I just watched it, but it was like, uh, it was like, well, it worked last week, but it won't work this week. But I watched it. I mean, I, I, but I did see it. Or uh, Until you did your attitude, work, it worked last week, but it won't work this week? Yeah, or maybe some reason not to have the attitude, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you believe it? No, I didn't believe it. Oh, okay. Just was aware of it, though. All right. Let's go right over here. You heard about the, the straight and narrow gate, right? This is, this is fun. Yes. I love life. I love fellowship. Don't you love fellowship? Yes. It made me think. That's why I like it. it. It caused me to examine myself. Yes. You heard about the straight and narrow gate. Yep. And what does that mean to you? I'm not 100%, but the way I interpreted is that the narrow gate is the is salvation the door to salvation that's the way I understand and has that worked for you no because I haven't been following that straight narrow gate <laughs> so you heard about this narrow gate and, and what did you say it meant it meant salvation yeah the door to salvation but you didn't, you didn't say you know what that sounds nice yeah, I haven't necessarily been on that why on not? that road. Why, why not? That's a good question. I don't know why not, but I just know that I haven't. But you don't know why not? I don't know why not. Okay. Yeah. Is this amazing? Is this amazing right now? Oh, is just me? <laughs> Are you high? No, I didn't catch enough sleep. You sure? Yeah. And why not? Oh, um, I asked him a question, are you high? You said what? I didn't catch enough sleep last night. You didn't catch it? Correct. Oh, what's wrong with you right now? I'm resisting not to fall asleep. Oh, yeah. and uh, why you didn't get enough? Speaking to the mic. Why didn't you get enough sleep last night? I wasn't comfortable. I'm sorry? I wasn't comfortable. I didn't, I wasn't home. Where were you? Uh, out. What? <laughs> I, I, I got hold it. Hold the mic for him, John. He's not gonna be able to hold it. Where were you? I was out doing what? Uh, friend's car. I slept in a friend's car. Oh, you did? Yeah. Why? Because I couldn't go home. Why not? Uh, they at home they tested my um, basically dignity to a point where I just gave up. I walked out. Oh, you walked out. You live with your parents. How old are you? Old man. Oh, man. So you just walked out. Um, do you feel sorry for yourself? No. What, what makes you cry right now? It's because I took too much from them, like uh, too much insult to a point where I got sick of it already. Yeah. But I made a thing with them, like um, I'm going to come for four months, just don't bug me, you know? Give me that piece of bed until I get off my feet. That was your, your your deal with them? When did you make this deal? I was in jail. Huh? In the jail. I'm sorry? When did you make that deal with them? I was in the jail. You were in and jail? And I called them, yeah. I said, if I come out, I don't have a place to go. If you... Uh, Gonna get me out, then you gotta assure me that you know you let me stay there without insulting me. And they agreed to that? Yeah. And then what happened? So they every single thing gets under the nerves, they insult me, I walk out, and then I thought, okay, you know, like uh, they regretted it. They were mad at that time, so I go back, they're sorry, and the same thing happens again. So it's like I said, forget it. Yeah. It's if, if probably better to live on the streets than, it, you know, if you don't oh, want to go. I feel better. Yeah. Yeah. So are you going to stay on the streets until you can do better? I'm sorry? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. I mean, you know what it is, as an adult, after a while, people just don't want to take care of you no more, anymore. They no, don't. They don't. They it's, don't. Yeah, they, it's, I'm insulted, like, to the point, like, I took too much, like, insult, you know. What, what do they say to you to insult you? 
you're sucking on us like uh, basically you know you're living off of us and I told him you know I'm young you know go through this I'll find something and then I'm gonna I'm the one that's gonna take care of you you know but, but you're not young now young I meant I have a lot more to go a lot more oh, to see. earn and pay back yeah you know? But they're tired of you sucking off them. Yeah. Uh, do you understand? But I'm not taking money off of them. I'm using a space. But they're housing you and feeding you. Huh? They're feeding you, right? I have income. I'm sorry? I have income. They don't feed you? I give off of my income. I eat at home, but I give off of my income. Uh, so you buy your own food? No. You give them money to buy your food? The food is there. When I get money, I live it whatever it is on a table or something like uh, but you understand you, what, what would make it easier for you if you understood their position uh, parents and other adults don't like taking care of adults after a while it does become irritating I know uh, it's just uh, you know, the reason I got thing is the pride I've never been in the street you know I'm sorry I got teary because I've never been in the street right. it's pride more was, it's like uh, embarrassing you know it's embarrassing to live in the streets? It's embarrassing to mention it. I'm not embarrassed to live it. Oh, to mention it? Yeah. Uh, because your pride? Uh-huh. Uh, well, you have to drop your pride. It is what it is. And like we were talking earlier, you got to learn to be as happy in the streets because you put yourself there as you were, would be if you lived in a house somewhere. You got to have a good attitude about your condition. Because this is the best thing that can happen to you. It's gonna, if dealt with with the right attitude, it can bring the best out of you. But if you're ashamed and, and nothing wrong with shame either, but if you're like prideful about it, you're not gonna ever get up out of your situation. We all make stupid mistakes along the way at time, and sometimes that's what we need to wake us up. You need to look at it differently and not be so prideful about it. What do you think about that? I agree. Can you change that then? Will you change the way you see it? Huh? No, I, I don't have a... Um, yeah, I can change it. And also, you need to have compassion for your parents. Your parents have brought you to adulthood, and it's not their responsibility that you're in the condition that you're in. And after a while, they don't want that kind of stuff around them. Nobody would want you living with them for so long in that condition. So you should have compassion for them as well. They're not wrong in the way they're treating you right now. No, I'm not saying they are. But it, you should be mad at them then. Huh? Why are you mad at them then? I'm not mad at them. I just felt uh, I should have done it earlier. I took too much, too too much of. Uh, I took too much uh, insults from them. You know, I wish I'd done it before instead of taking. All you wish you had left before. Yeah. Yeah. But if I were you, I would leave, but I would also thank them for keeping you there. You know what? Thank you, Dad and Mom, for keeping me here for so long. But see, that's the thing. Uh, I paid the price, you know, like taking too much insult. No, you haven't them. paid the price? No, I can't. Huh? You haven't paid any price? It was horrible. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But you put yourself in that condition, so it's not, and they were just irritated. You know how, have you ever gone to visit someone? For a vacation, and then you end up staying longer than two weeks, and then they start rolling their eyes. Yeah, at yeah, you. yeah. No, no, no. I never oh. did that because. Or like, you uh, say, "Oh, I need a place to live for a couple of weeks, and I'll be out of your house in two weeks." And then here, the third week, you're still there, and they start saying, "Well, where are you gonna leave?" And you're like, "Well, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for something to happen, right?" And then about the fourth week, they start having attitude with you. They hate to see you coming. People are like that. Mm. Because people don't want to take care of people who can't take care of themselves, who won't take care of themselves. And you should be able to take care of yourself. No, I, I do want to take care of myself. And so that's why your parents are irritated at you. Yeah, I know. So if I were you, I'll swallow my pride. And I, I have no choice. And say, you know what? I'm sorry for getting mad at you for degraded me, but you're absolutely right. I'm no darn good. Oh, yeah, so forget I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll feel better, and life will start to change. So you're not high at all? Mm-mm. You take no drugs last night? Mm-mm. You take no drugs last night? Mm-mm. One more time, and the cock gonna crow. Mm-hmm. 
You didn't take your drugs last night? I didn't. See, I knew you had to take your drugs. Why but you I'm not lying. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I have to ask three times. Why are you lying? Why? It's apparent you're on drugs right now. Hmm? Huh? Uh, no, I'm not high. But you I, took them last night, though. No, uh, yeah, but that was gone and everything. It's just a I know, but you're all lack of lack of sleep got yeah. me like this. But why are you lying when I ask you? You're saying no, no, no. Because there's people here. <laughs> but they can see it too. No. No, you think? Huh? <laughs> that what you think? But apologize to your parents, change your attitude, and just, and God will help you through it. All God needs from you is a better attitude about the situation. Lord, I was wrong. I've been stupid. I'm sorry. That's all you need to do. And things will start to change. The attitude is going to change. Like, uh, from being high point to low, you can't, it's like I can't imagine having a good attitude. It's like, I want to get used to this low, and then when things get better, the attitude is going to get better. No. Uh uh. Things should get better right now while you're in hell. And then you can come out of hell. If you, and then you never go back once you come out with the right attitude. It's your fault that you're in this situation. No one else to blame. It is what it is. Yeah, on my way here, I was thinking, like, these parents are just individuals themselves, too. You know, it's like, damn, you know, uh, I'll, I'll get a thing irritated, too, if somebody stayed in my house. Too. Right. But the thing is, they're not going to leave me straight. What happened to me is they called and begged, like, come back. When I go back, it's a trap. They do the same thing again. Right, so don't go back. Yeah, this time. But see, the thing is, it's like I used to go take a shower, but it is, then the shower led to this and that. Now I'm not going to go for a shower. I'll just yeah. go to the gym, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, go to the gym and shower. But, but don't be mad at them. Mm-hmm. No. All right? Don't be mad at them. Have the right attitude. You got yourself in this situation. Mm. It's a tough situation. But if you can just relax in it and don't be mad about it. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't... Yeah, I didn't see it coming. That's the thing. I'm not. Yeah, most people don't. Most of us in our unconscious state don't see it coming, and that's where the problem is. Mm. We don't see it coming. We don't see the consequences of our action, and then once they overtake us, we're ready to blame somebody else rather than looking at ourselves and overcoming it. No, no. I, I really inside my heart, I'm not blaming them. But don't be mad at them about the way they're treating you. Um. Uh... Okay. Forgive them. Okay. All right? And you'll feel better. Okay. All right? When you hear about the straight and narrow gate, uh, let, let me go right here. What does that mean to you? You've heard that before, right? Yeah. Okay, what does that mean? Let's see. I've thought about it a lot. Uh, many. Well, it's come up many times, and I've had to kind of consider it or think about it, or the thoughts have come up. But <clears throat> what I was thinking... When you just when you mentioned it again this time, um, I'm, the 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 gate to me seems to be um, it, it's one that you can't the mind can't it can't it can't um, real fast because it of can't time. it can't ma- you know it can't um, make it I mean it can't uh, create. It can't create that. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. But what I'm thinking is that it's um, it has to do this gate. You know, has to do with something real simple, but yet so hard. And that is to surrender, to give up. You know, to give up uh, trying to to be to play God yourself, but to completely surrender. Because I mean, it doesn't matter about education. I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with education or anything, or how much Bible you know, or anything like that. It's 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 a it's a place where this gate is some place where you just have to be. You have to be. You just have to be willing to surrender. Okay. That's what I what I what I think it is. When you hear about it, Patrick, what do you think? You've heard this before, right? And read it before. Yeah. What What does that mean to you when you hear that? I agree with what he said, to be honest. I, I think what he said is true. Were you going to say that before he said it? No, nope. I'm, I'm piggybacking. <laughs> you piggybacking. I'm going for the ride. It it's, but, but he could be absolutely wrong, though. Sounds good to me. I'm going to, I'm going to put my money with him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you hear, last words, when you hear straight and narrow gate, what does that mean to you? 
Enter the street and narrow gate, not the right road. Well, that's a tough one. Um, You've heard it before, though, right? Yeah. Uh, the straight and narrow gate is, I think, what you've been talking about all morning here, and that is your attitude. Attitude? Yeah. Okay. Have you heard about the straight and narrow gate? Oh, yeah. I know this scripture very well, yes. And did you think you knew what it meant before today? I did. Do you still think you know what it means? Um... Well, I haven't really entered into that straight and narrow gate, so... How do you know? Um, because results... Usually when you enter into a straight and narrow gate, you're going to have different results when you, when you do things than, you know, your decisions and all that kind of stuff. Have you entered into the gate before or something? You said usually when you enter into the straight and narrow gate. Have you been in there before already? Well, it seems like I have, <laughs> but... They take the rock off. Yeah, it seems like I have, but um, I find myself outside of that gate. So you've been in the gate and then you walked out? It seems that way, yes. Oh, okay. And why does it seem that way? Uh, because things were working. And then you decided to walk out of the gate? It seems that way, or the gate walked that way from me, one of the two. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You are reverend. You heard of the straight and narrow gate, right? The, the scripture? You don't look like a reverend. Well, you kind of now that you told me. <laughs> But not really, but kind of. <laughs> you heard the scriptures of straight, straight and narrow gate, Matthew uh, 7. You heard that. What does that mean? I'm, I'm very agree with him, you know, surrendering to God. You how know? do you do and, that? Um, how do you put your trust in him? Yeah. I'm sorry? How do you put your trust in, in God? In yeah, how do you surrender? And I think it's, it's the battle with the flesh. I think it's about war zone. I know, it, but how do you surrender? Surrendering to God's will. How? Killing your flesh. How? <laughs> How now, brown cow? <laughs> um, I think um, it's, more, it's more about like uh, you spending time in his presence daily. How? how? How you do that, it's in prayer. It's in uh, fasting. It's through his word. Okay. And we, we ourselves, we can overcome that. We cannot do ourselves in our own strength. That's why we need God's strength. And every day ask him, you know, to help us through, to guide us in the right direction, in the path. And I, I believe also has to do with the, the temptations also comes along the way. Okay. You know, and not to be tempted and overcome the temptation. Since Patrick and Tabitha's right, I said Patrick rolled on the back of that too. <laughs> how does one do that? Uh, I didn't say I knew the answer of how. <laughs> oh, I, the answer just sounded good because it it's familiar words. That's right. I put my money down. Uh, <laughs> um, you, you know what? I, I was just thinking of how when you uh, said that. I don't really know. I mean, my mind was coming up with some stuff, but, you know, I don't really know how to do Let that. me tell you this. This is the, well, not the most important thing, but it's on the top of the list. And I hope what you get from this is what I get from it about myself. I've heard these words, I've read these scriptures, and I've thought that I knew what they meant. And that's all I ever done with them. And my life did not change. You know, uh, and there was never really a how-to either that came with the words. The preacher would preach about them, they would talk about read about them, and they sounded good. So you just assumed that you knew you would you just assume that you knew what it, what it meant. Have you ever done that? And then yet you go through life and life is still hell. Family lives are rough. No money, no friends, can't get along. You have fear, you have doubt, you have worry. And yet you read the scriptures and you thought that you knew what it meant. And not even pausing for a moment to realize, I thought that is right about the narrow gate. I'm in the, I'm in the gate. How come I'm still unhappy? Why do I still have fear? Why do I still have doubt? For some reason, human beings don't question themselves like that. The intellect have, have us going, thinking that we know God's mind and that we have it, and you don't. And life is, life is not supposed to be hell if you understand. If you have understanding, life is not hell. You don't have fear. You don't have doubt. You don't have worry. You're not an alcoholic or a drug addict or a liar or a thief or a cheater or a doubter and all that. Don't, how come that don't kick in? At some point, it should kick in God, because 
if you're with God, you shouldn't have the same life that you have with Satan. That makes sense? But for human beings, they can go through whole life not well, maybe I don't understand what that means. But the ego will not let you humble yourself to say you don't know. The best answer for some of you today would have been, I don't know. But the ego won't just let you say, I really don't know what it means. That's, a, that's a, one of the ways to get into it, to admit you don't know. You don't have to know. If you don't know, you just don't know. It, even, it, the gate is narrow. We all know what narrow means, and we know what a gate is, but that's not what God's talking about. But it's okay to say you don't know. You don't have to ride piggyback on that because it sounded good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Satan is always trying to trick us to make, we think, make us think we know what we don't know. Here is an example of getting into this straight and narrow gate. Here's how to. First of all, and Mark, you totally hit it on the head. I do want to tell you that. You are absolutely right. You got to totally surrender in order to enter into the straight and narrow gate. You have to absolutely surrender. You can't hold on to the wife. You can't hold on to the drugs. And I'm not going to move my hand anymore. You can't hold on to the, to the sex. You can't hold on to the denial. You can't hold on to anything. Anything. And when that pain comes, where there's nothing to rely on. You know how you get that pain inside your belly, right? Fear or doubt or worry or anger or whatever. You have to totally relax in it. You can't reach out. If you want to enter into that gate, you can't reach out to anything, not even to a thought about it. Even Satan's imagination has to go. You can't get into a thought about it. When that pain, I heard it say, when a pain comes, go toward the pain and not away from it. When you have this conflict, which is all ego and not you, because the pain you feel is just pain in your body, it is not you, right? It's, it's coming from pride. It is coming from ego. So when you do feel it, relax in it. Go toward it and relax and just observe it. Just watch it. Don't have a conversation about it. Don't name it. Don't claim it. Just watch it. And it's the light of God just shining on it. And you'll go down into the depths of hell, and your ego will die, and you will come out alive. Then you can live. You enter into that gate. But you got to totally and absolutely surrender. You can't let your mind... Observation is the light of God shining on the darkness. You can see it because he allows you to see it, but he doesn't need your participation at all because when you participate, you're playing God and he's going to back off and you'll be your own God. Satan is your father. But when that stuff come up in you, you can see it, you can feel it. Relax in it so you can die. And you're going to die. Remember how Christ had to go down into the depths of hell? Then he conquered death and he rose and life was fine, right? It's going to be the same way for us if we allow our ego to enter into the depths of hell within us and die. It doesn't want to die. The not you, the thing that's made a home in you, does not want to die. That's why we take drugs. That's why we do crazy things. We're constantly reaching out. And if we can't find something to take, we get into the imagination. It's going to save you, and that's not salvation. You got to take the pain. Don't name it. I had a friend who always, he had a depressive attitude, personality. And he was like, oh, I got a depressive personality like my mama. And so finally one day I said, look, next time you feel that, don't name it. Just watch it. Don't give it a name. Just observe it because it's all spiritual. Don't name it. And he stopped naming it. And I, I've not heard him say that in a, a while now. Don't name it. Don't let Satan tempt you to name it. You want that ego to die so you can enter in. Before you enter in, you must forgive. When that is taking place, you will forgive. And then you can enter into the kingdom of heaven within. That's what the straight and narrow gate, an example of what it's about. And what I realized, 99.999, all in the name of Jesus, people do not surrender. And look at your own personal life. 
you do not totally surrender. And that's where the problem is. You got to feel the pain. You got to feel the pain of the ego, and you got to let that die. You can't protect it with anything. Someone make you mad, enter into the gate. Someone make you happy, enter into the gate. Someone talk about you behind your back, enter into the gate. If someone, if you're broke, if you're a bomb on the street, enter into the gate. Take the pain. Be still and let God handle it. If you're lonely, if you're a whole manga, whatever, <laughs> in the black community, whole manga, in the white community, whore manga. Whatever your, there are many roads that can bring you to the gate, but there's only one straight and narrow path. And the way you get in, you got to let it be. You got to totally let go. You got to feel the pain. You got to let the not you die. That makes sense? I'm telling you, folks, as a living witness, you got to let it happen. Don't run from the pain. Don't complain about the pain the ego pain, don't name the ego pain, just observe it and just feel it. And it may feel like you can't even breathe at times. And the mind going to come out and say, oh, it's this, it's that, you need this, you need that. Let that pass too. Take the pain and your pride will die. That nature that's not you, that sin that's made a home inside of you, you will, it will die, you will repent, all this is going to take place on its own because you're surrendering to God. You're letting him do it. You're surrendering your ego, but you've got to take it. Then you can enter into that gate. And most people will not do that. They take the wide road. They let something else save them, a person, a place, or a thing save them. They let money save them. They let hate of their neighbors or their friends judging somebody else save them. They let blaming somebody else for their issues save them. Like this young man has nobody being mad at his parents. He's a grown man. He has nobody being up in there. They give him attitude. He's getting what he needs in order to wake him up. It's your, It's on you. But you got to surrender. And because you're not getting to know yourself, you're not seeing what you need to do. You're not seeing it because you're not paying attention to you. You're not paying attention to the not you, so you're not getting it. And that's the problem. You got to keep an eye on yourself. No one is to blame for you. We're, we're at fault for our children, but once they become adults, it's on them. There's nothing you can do about it. Apologize for your mistake and move on. But you are responsible for surrendering. You got to let go. That makes sense? Uh-huh. I need your tithing offering, folks. We got to raise a million dollars. Our school open tomorrow. And there's something Bond Leadership Academy for Boys is opening tomorrow morning at 8.15 a.m. Isn't that cool? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh So now we got to raise some money. So I need your tithing offering. And we also offer counseling and what else we can do to help as well. Go to bondinfo.org and make a donation or call 1-800-411-2663. 1-800-411-BOND to make an offer or donation. Every dime we get goes back into the organization, and the school is now an arm of the organization. And we're committed to it. So I need you to find it as well as yours. Make a donation. I'd like you got some sense. And then help us raise some money, too. You, you got some folks out there with some money. Help us raise the million dollars. We absolutely need it. We got to get a larger building now and all that kind of stuff is going on. So I need your support. But you got to pray, folks. You got to commit to prayer. You must forgive. Before you enter into the kingdom, you must forgive. And you're not going to be able to forgive until you can surrender. So you can see that you're wrong, not somebody else. And that you've been looking You've been allowed other things to save you. Your mind, your money, your friends, your, your judgment of yourself and the others and all this stuff. So enter in and make sure you pray. I am committed to prayer. And I found out last Sunday a lot of you are not. And it's unfortunate for you. 
and I don't feel sorry for you. <laughs> in life, you get what you deserve. You really do. You get what you deserve. God told us to surrender. Surrender. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for showing up, folks. I appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.